Hey everyone, Jason Brown here. This is our first podcast where we're going to delve into some questions that we commonly get from our following. Uh, just give you a quick background on myself. I am a strength and conditioning expert. I've been in the field for, it seems like forever now, but uh, close to two decades. Uh, I own jasonbrowncoaching.com. And currently I work mostly with individuals, uh, but I also work with coaches to level up their ability to write training programs for their clients. Uh, so I'm going to bring my wife on. My wife does a lot of the surveys and gathering kind of uh, customer information. She handles basically everything behind the scenes to make sure that not only are we answering questions and, and having our content coincide with that, but also getting feedback about what we should be putting out. Okay. Any of you coaches out there know that putting out great content is a task in and of itself. And one of the things I struggle with personally as a coach is putting out the right information. I love putting out stuff that I love. And of course, that's, you know, what we always, we, we always end up going to putting out stuff that uh, makes us tick. Um, but what makes me tick might not be something that resonates with you. Uh, so what we are going to do, hopefully with this podcast is take some of your questions, delve into some of the, the, you know, nuances to some of these questions and it, as they relate to programming or training or, or what have you. Um, and then from there, hopefully we can give you guys more information and start uh, making your life as a coach easier to, to have some clarity around some of these topics. So without further ado, my wife, Danielle Brown, uh, is uh, on the podcast with us. She's going to give me a question today that she has been getting from some of our clients and coaches. And uh, I don't know what the question is, so I'm going to do my best to to answer it and, and hopefully fill in all the blanks for you guys. So Danny, if you could uh, take over and uh, get us started here. Awesome. So I'm just going to dive right into kind of some, some weeds here today. And I thought this was an interesting question because although I have not coached a single athlete in a long time, as far as, you know, movement and training is concerned, um, this was definitely a question that I had as a coach. And I as you know, had no previous experience with exercise before I started CrossFit. That was my first kind of, you know, the way that I got thrown into the the strength and conditioning, and I'm using air quotes there, world. So I had nothing to compare it to. And as I started coaching CrossFit a couple of years into into my CrossFit career, um, I remember, you know, doing my CrossFit level one, my level two, and it was really apparent to me that I had no understanding of how to classify specific workouts. So for example, how would you classify a workout that has both a maximal strength component plus some sort of, you know, long, slow, you know, steady state, like a, like an 800 meter run, 1200 meter run, something like that, where the whole thing is for time. And I, you know, would look at a workout like that and say, I don't even know where to start. And I just started learning about energy systems. Um, so it was apparent to me that, you know, at that time you could just take a workout and basically plop it in a bucket, which exercise, uh, or excuse me, which energy system it was later. I learned from you that that's not the case. So my question is for a newer coach that might be new to looking at a workout and kind of determining what it's going to do for an athlete. How would you look at any type of workout 
and decide how to classify that. Did I make that clear enough? Yeah. So I think a good segue into where we're going with this is giving maybe the audience an example. Can you give the audience an example of, you know, you mentioned maximal strength and then a lower, uh, a slow, long distance conditioning piece, maybe give the audience an example of something that, uh, can give them some framework as to where we're going. And then I can break down what, uh, you know, based on that example, I can break down what it is and, and how, uh, you know, we can, we can look at that and make an assessment of it. Sure. So let's say, uh, a workout four time, a max deadlift. So just one rep plus a 1200 meter run. And the whole thing is for time. If you looked at that workout on paper, what's the first thing you do to say, this is how I classify it. So first and foremost, you're really talking about a test. That's a test mainly because you're testing modalities that are in some levels similar, but as far as how both of those qualities are developed, they would be developed in separate occasions. Okay. So you wouldn't be developing a 1200 meter run in the same session that you'd be developing maximal pulling power for a conventional or a sumo stance deadlift. So you're talking about essentially two different qualities of fitness. Again, I mentioned that they are similar in terms of uh, their, their energy sources. Uh, it's more anaerobic for both of those. Now, the difference between a deadlift and a 1200 meter run is very, very different in the sense that we have a, a movement like a deadlift that's purely phosphagen system, ATP, CP, that you know, is highest power, highest fatigue ability, where we have a 1200 meter run, you know, for most people, we're thinking that's going to be four, four and a half minutes. Uh, so that's going to rely heavily on the glycolytic system. So uh, glycolysis breakdown of carbohydrates. So there's, there are some very, again, similarities in terms of anaerobic, but we're really thinking about this as more of a test. So if I was going to say, well, is this a workout? Is this a training session or is it a test? It would definitely lean towards more of a test because again, much like in CrossFit, you see these events that are, are testing something or they're testing multiple qualities of fitness within the same test, training those effectively. You wouldn't necessarily do them in the same session. Now I know there are plenty of people out there that probably are, but as mm -hmm. far as the physiology of it, as far as the fuel sources, it doesn't make sense to train those on a regular basis in the same session. You'd have more luck separating them and training them uh, as a standalone session. So looking I, at that workout, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, I think that that is a really interesting point. Do you think that they're, do you think that most coaches out there understand the difference between, you know, training and a test, or do you think that I'm really just kind of looking at this from a small lens, which is, you know, a CrossFit coach, because I, I feel like this is something that most CrossFit coaches probably wouldn't be aware of. I, I would probably agree with you on that. And I think a lot of the workouts, you know, typical programming you see at a CrossFit box would resemble more of a test versus training. It would make more sense to train those qualities in isolation. Now, someone will say, well, you know, I only have, you know, if I'm going to go down the rabbit hole of group training, which I, I don't want to, because I've, I've already, that ship has already set sail. I've beat that horse to death. Um, and those of you who have been following me for a decent length of time already know that, 
but you know, the, the, the question comes up, well, what about people that only come certain days? Well, I still believe you should train those qualities in isolation. You have more success if you do that. And overall, most people that go to most gym, CrossFit gyms just want to look better and feel better. So that's another topic in and of itself. But as far as a coach looking at that, if you go to a CrossFit L1 and L2, you know, that's, uh, you know, that type of workout is not, uh, is not uncommon. You're going to see things like that. Now I know CrossFit will say, you know, training these things in isolation, they'll actually probably agree with me more on that, where you do just a weightlifting day, you do just a monostructural day, you do just a couplet or a triplet. Um, but that's not commonplace at most boxes. Most boxes are trying to squeeze it all in. So long story short, do I know if coaches know that the difference between a test and training? I mean, I would say the majority of the coaches I work with do, but I'd say there's probably a lot that don't. Um, and if you're constantly testing people, then you're missing the boat on effectively training them. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I think that's super interesting. I think that this is uh, super valuable for a lot of people. And I think it makes a lot of sense why, you know, a professional strength and conditioning coach or, you know, and, and coaches have for years kind of crapped on CrossFit because they're looking at it the way that you just explained mm -hmm. that this is not actual training when you're just doing these ridiculous things that you would never really ever pair together on in the same training session. Uh, you know, a, a typical kind of CrossFit purist gym is going to be pairing those things together probably every single day of the week. So mm -hmm. it just makes a lot of sense around why, you know, a, a professional would look at that and say, that's really not, it's not, not something I would ever do or have my athletes do. Well, I think a lot of people will look at it and just not know how to make sense of it either. I think there is a, a disconnect with communication in, and I don't mean communication between people. I mean, communication between, um, exercise modalities. So whether it be strength development or it be hypertrophy, it be strength endurance, it be, you know, aerobic fitness, the communication of those elements has to make sense. Those things have to be able to communicate for things to play out correctly in a concurrent ma manner. And that's kind of one of the things, you know, you see, you see, like, you know, for instance, CrossFit athletes, you see them work with an aerobic fitness coach. They work with an Olympic lifting coach. They might work with a power lifting coach, uh, a general CrossFit coach, and you have them doing all sorts of layered training programs. They might do a program with this guy, and then they do a program with this guy. And then, you know, at the end of the day, are those programs communicating? Well, unless each of those people is an absolute expert on what the other one is doing and is communicating with them and writing their programs together, which it, I mean, would be near impossible in my opinion. I can't imagine writing a training program for an individual in conjunction with another coach. So, so if all things are, are perfect, then maybe those things communicate well. But I think that most people that are quote unquote, the aerobic capacity expert are not necessarily the strength expert. So at the end of the day, coaches in general, whether you're CrossFit or you're working with just soccer moms or whatever the case may be, you should be an expert on both fields because that's part of what you do. Conditioning is a, a very much a vital aspect of training, regardless of what your stance is. You should be an expert in conditioning. You should also be an expert in strength development on a, a number of levels. So having just one thing, if you're a, a fitness professional, you don't, I think I know a lot of the years I've, I've seen people kind of getting into a, the niche of like, all right, I'm going to focus on just being the strength guy or the conditioning guy or the movement guy. 
I, I, I do believe having expertise in one area is obviously, you know, great. However, if you're writing training programs for, for individuals or athletes, you should have a firm grasp on all of those areas. And that was what really what makes a coach be well-rounded and their athletes have the success from those training programs. For sure. I mean, I think it's interesting that we recently did a survey, right. For our followers, we reached out to our mailing list and said, Hey, we're trying to uh, just get some feedback do some market research on a couple of things that we're working on right now. And um, one of the questions I asked everyone was how would you kind of pin pinpoint Jason's expertise? And everyone said the first thing that rolled off everyone's tongue was of course, like getting you strong AF someone that wants just to increase absolute strength. And I would say maybe half of them also mentioned after the strength piece that you're also a conditioning expert. And, you know, it's funny to me because, um, you know, I remember early back when I met you 10 years ago, um, you know, you were still so well-versed in strength training, but you really kind of went down the rabbit hole with conditioning after, after we obviously were killing ourselves, trying to make it to the CrossFit regionals and we weren't really doing enough aerobic work. We didn't know that at the time, but that kind of led you to start questioning, well, what are these other teams doing? Why are they so good? And, you know, you started to realize like these guys are doing long, you know, steady state cardio, like a lot of it. And, um, and I think after that, you started diving into the conditioning and really, really went down the rabbit hole and you've spent, I don't even know, I mean, hundreds of hours at this point learning the energy systems. And not only that, once you learned them, I think learning how to truly make a beautiful marriage of strength training and conditioning. And moreover, making a program or, or a method that is sustainable, right? So you always say like, there's, there's, if you're like a prof professional athlete, you're training for something. So you're training to like peak at a certain time, but for 95% of us, you know, peons, like we just want to look good and feel good. And we're looking for something that is going to keep us entertained for the long haul. But for the most, you know, most important thing is that we're looking for something that is sustainable. So a training method that is sustainable for the longest period of time. So we can look our best and feel our best for the longest period of time. And I think, um, you know, just to wrap it all up, that's, that's what you've really kind of, you know, put your stamp on in, in my eyes anyway. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I would agree with you. I think that early on for me, conditioning was an afterthought. I think for a lot of coaches, it is, especially if you're coming from the strength and conditioning world where, you know, any type of aerobic work is basically frowned upon and will only do you a disservice. But unfortunately there's the actual facts. There's the actual science that tells us that there is an aerobic component to basically everything. Um, you know, a good example I use quite a bit is American football, four to seven second plays followed by 45 to 60 seconds rest. Well, what is 45 to 60 seconds rest? It's not full recovery for anaerobic systems. So there is a, an aerobic component to that, where the aerobic system is going to replenish higher energy phosphates, ATP. So, I mean, at the end of the day, if you're not investing in some aerobic training for merely its connection to all these other things, then you know, th there is going to be a setback. There's going to be some trade-offs to not doing that. I know personally from being an athlete that was very much anaerobically inclined and basically aerobic, aerobically handicapped, um, it would play out when, you know, we were doing, uh, you know, in a long game when it was really hot and, you know, I'd get to the fourth quarter and be like, just feeling like absolute crap. So 
long story short, I, you know, I feel coaches need to have a firm grasp on both. Um, you can't just be the strength guy or just the conditioning guy. You need to have a firm grasp on both and be comfortable programming both. And I think, you know, concurrent training is the way of the future for, for any normal person, all right, using a linear style training for, you know, uh, an average Joe that just wants to look better and feel better. doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It doesn't go with the ebbs and flows of life. So I think at the end of the day, understand that, you know, having some, having less rigidity to your programming, using auto-regulation, using aerobic work, using, you know, GPP work, using that stuff on the regular is going to lend itself to, again, that key piece is sustainability. And then for CrossFit coaches, understanding the difference between testing and training. If your programming is a one RM deadlift followed by a 1200 meter run for time and all of those, those both those components are mixed together in one session for, for time, which again, I can't imagine having just a, average person doing that, I, what would be the point? Unless they're a CrossFit athlete, I don't think there's any point to that. So have a firm why on anything you're doing and be able to differentiate between a testing piece and a training piece, two very different things. Yeah. Super great advice. Well, I want to let anyone that's listening know if you have a burning question that you would love for Jason to answer on this podcast you can email us directly at podcast at jasonbrowncoaching.com. We will get those questions and uh, you may just hear your question answered on this podcast by Jason next. So thanks, Jay. That was super helpful. Awesome. Thank you, Danny, for uh, always uh, facilitating the ideas and uh, appreciate the following everyone out there that's following and uh, supporting us over the years. Truly appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I'm here to obviously to help. So feel free to send those questions our way. This is hopefully going to be the first episode of many. And, um, you know, I want to, I want to keep these very concise and get right to your, to your low hanging fruit as a coach. Um, so feel free to send those our way and we will do our best to answer them.